Bosnia. Get ready. Get ready. Hello there, everybody, and welcome to episode number 20 of the Play to Win podcast. My name is Tyler, and I'm joined by my awesome co-host, Karen. Karen, buddy, what's happening with you? What's going on this week? You got a new mic and a headset I see over yeah, there. I do. That, yeah. You got a smile on his face because of this. <laughs> yeah, no, um, new mic, new headset, kind of slimming down my, my setup a bit, so we're getting rid of a few things. But yeah, other than that, doing, doing pretty good. I'm in a good mood today. Oh, nice. You know, I think it's maybe it's because like maybe what he did before he even started um, before we got on, which is why he's in a sm- uh, good mood. Maybe you went outside and just exterminated every daddy long legs that is in a five mile vicinity of you. <laughs> Perhaps that's what you did. And you're no, just like, yes, I did good. I, I didn't do that. I did vacuum off like a massive spider off my wall, like literally like this big. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So doing that, you're just like, ah, I'm safe. Yeah. The home I, is safe. <laughs> yeah. I was like either Hoover up or just burn the house down. <laughs> and you didn't have to do the latter one. So everybody yeah. still gets to have a home and <laughs> you get to be safe and spider free. Yeah. Awesome. Fantastic. Glad to hear that. Um, I'm doing pretty well. It's been a bit, it's, it's been kind of a busy week, but not the busiest, you know, work's been, work's been good. I got one more week before I am like fully into my fully taking over this new position I'm nice. doing. But you know, I'm this past week, I was like, I was like, all right, you know what? I'm actually getting very comfortable with the new different things I have to do and everything. So I think this next coming week um, should be pretty easy going. And then once I'm fully in it, I'm fully in it. And it's going to be off to the races from there, but it's been good so far. So that's been my week. Things have been good. Looks like things have been good for both of us, really, overall. Yeah. Awesome. Well, like I said, this is the Play to Win podcast, a show where we break down weekly gaming news through in-depth discussion. Uh, you could watch the episodes or listen to them on podcast services, um, many different podcast services, uh, every Monday on YouTube or, as I said, different podcast services. Subscribe to us over on YouTube play to win obviously turn on notifications over there hit the bell that way you know when videos go live as soon as they go live uh we post other videos on fridays as well they could be anything from review like my most recent my most recent ratchet and clank review it could be uh like an advice video like when kieran did one talking about how to preload games on your xbox or it could be like an analysis of commentary video such as when uh, Karen was saying Xbox Live Gold needs to die, essentially. Yep. <laughs> or uh, I forgot what my most recent like commentary analysis one type was. I forgot. It's been a bit since I've done one. But I did one about, hey, about how battle passes could be better. And yep. basically what I suggested is going to happen with Halo Infinite. So that's a thing. And I'm like, that's awesome. It's super <laughs> cool and exciting. Uh, but yeah, we post different cool videos on Fridays and everything like that. Um, so yeah. Leave comments, likes, reviews, shares, the show, everything, YouTube, podcast services, everywhere. And you can follow us over on Twitter and Instagram at Play to Win Game for updates on the show and other fun little things that we may post over on our social media platforms. But that's that for all the housekeeping news. Today, we got a couple different topics that we're going to talk about. Uh, those being, again, Continuing on with some more Activision Blizzard updates because more news keeps on coming out about the company. Uh, an Apex Legends dev was fired 
for some of their past comments they made years and years ago. Uh, we're going to recap some of the highlights from the Nintendo and Xbox indie showcases that happened this week. And then we'll also talk about some of our favorite games from this year so far. Ones that have come out this year, but others that we just might have played that came out like in the past, but the ones that we played this year. We'll talk about that as well. Before we get into all those topics, though, we have a couple, couple brief mentions to go through. Um, and we'll get through them, of course, as quickly as possible. Are you ready, Karen? Of course, as always, if you've got anything to say, just throw that hand up and I will just toss it to you. So starting it off, QuakeCon's schedule has been revealed. The all-digital event will be taking place from August 19th to the 21st. It's going to be three days of dev talks, in-depth looks at games. There's going to be some tournaments and other things going on. So that'll be a cool time. Battlefield, 22, oh, Battlefield 2042 released uh, a short film called Exodus that kind of gives you like some some story stuff, like some backstory on the world of Battlefield 2042. I watched it this morning. It's actually really cool. Uh, it's like a CG short film and all. It's like 10 minutes long. And it actually reveals one of the, well, two of the characters from Battlefield 4 are in it. And one of them looks like he's going to have a prominent role in the story or like the overall arcing story for um, Battlefield 2042. It's very cool. So if you have not watched it yet, definitely will give it a watch. Uh, highly recommend that. I really think that if we don't have, a, since we're not getting a campaign, as someone in the comments said, I would love to actually get more of these like short films for Battlefield 2042, yep. if they're going to be as good as this one. If they are, I will 100% be on board for getting more. Um, Splitgate, the most the recent, well, recent in popularity, recently blew up in popularity. Uh, first person shooter that's a mix of Halo and Portal. Uh, it It's on consoles now. It's been on PC for a bit. But the devs were saying that it might possibly come to Switch and mobile at some point in the future. It's part of their vision. Um, we will talk about that a bit more later in the show because I was actually playing it a bit last night. Played like three, four matches. Cool game. Um, Apex Legends cross progression isn't going to come until 2022 at the earliest because uh, it's a beast. That's a beast to handle. And it's, it's, a, it's a mess, you know, to try and even get cross progression working. So yeah. that's coming. that won't come until next year at the earliest. Uh, Phil Spencer, he did an interview with Games Radar. I haven't read the entire interview, but one of the headlines from it is that Game Pass is not coming to any other consoles as of right now. Um, I've read that portion of the interview. He basically said that uh, other platform holders, they're just not interested in having Game Pass on their platforms right now, which honestly is not a surprise. Mm. I don't think anyone was would have expected that anytime soon. So, uh, you know. Don't hold, don't count your chickens on that one. Don't don't expect that to happen in like the next year or so. It ain't happening anytime soon. Uh, Hellblade: Sinuous Sacrifice got an Xbox Series X and S optimization patch, so now you get you know direct X ray tracing. There's three performance modes. I think one of them is like, I think it's called performance resolution, and then enhanced and enhanced is the one that gives you ray tracing and all. Uh, I think there's also some other like you know performance boosts and stuff going on with this optimization patch as well for Hellblade. But that is neat. Interesting that, I mean, I guess it's not interesting, but I guess it also kind of is interesting that like PS5 didn't get this optimization patch. It's only yeah. the Xbox version, which I think is weird. Like, really? Why? Yeah. Why? That's a bit weird. Just like with Psychonauts 2. Like, it's there's no PS5 version of it. There's only a PS4 version of it. And the PS4 version doesn't have like HDR at all. Mm -hmm. But the Xbox versions of the game do. Yeah. 
it's just like i guess in that case like they were only promised because i mean psychos 2 started as a kickstarter if i'm right i think really sure yeah so like the i guess like they're fulfilling like hey it was only promised for the ps4 it wasn't promised the ps5 version so i guess they're like hey we don't got to do that for you but um even that i'm just like mm, like really really you couldn't do a ps5 version you couldn't like why does the ps4 version have hdr i don't understand it it's it's very silly in my opinion um but i mean is what it is um you still looking that up or, or uh, it's out? a fig.co uh which I, I assume is like an alternative to kickstarter oh yeah so something like that i i, I was pretty sure it was like um fan sourced like crowdfunded yeah at, at least at the start when it was first announced and all uh xbox speaking more about them though they are holding a gamescom showcase on august 24th and they're going to be giving quote new looks at upcoming games it is starting at 10 a.m pacific time 1 p.m eastern and 6 p.m uk time and on the xbox wire blog they say that we will be getting in-depth updates from some of their previously announced xbox studio games alongside some third-party titles as well, including uh, some, as they say here, quote, some of the incredible titles coming to Xbox this holiday, upcoming releases to our monthly subscription service, Xbox Game Pass, and much more, end quote. I don't think we're going to be getting anything huge from this. I know they're saying in-depth updates, and if I'm right, they announced that um, Paris Lily, and I forgot who the other person, uh, two people are going to be hosting this event, though. Yeah. Paris Lily, he up he hosted the re, the Xbox like developers kind of talk that they did after the June showcase. I think it was a little cool one. Yeah. Xbox Game Showcase Extended, I think yeah. is what they called it. Um, and that one, it was more just like, hey, we're talking with the devs, getting more just like insight into what the game, like the dev development of it all and stuff like that. So honestly, I'm expecting this to be kind of similar to that based on just like what they've already said about it and what they've announced yeah. about it. So I wouldn't go into this event expecting like, oh my gosh, we're seeing, we're seeing perfect dark. We're seeing, <laughs> you know, fable game. I'm not expecting anything like that. Like if you see any footage from them, it might be like, maybe it's like a quick snippet or so, like, you know, like off some camera footage of like the computer of them working on it on the computer <laughs> yeah. or like a real quick two, three second snippet of like someone like running around. I wouldn't expect much from this in terms of like big reveals. No. It sounds like it's just, Hey, that's what's going on. Here's some stuff coming to game pass and things like that. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think we're going to get anything. I think the most notable thing we'll get from this, but I don't think this is, this is going to happen is a halo infinite release date. But I, but I think that's the biggest thing that might happen here. I don't expect it to. Um, I think that is very possible, given something else that comes at the very end of this. Um, I'll get to that in a second. Uh, not necessarily a game. It's like tangentially game-related here. Um, but I threw it in here because it's tangentially game-related. Idris Elba is cast as Knuckles in the Sonic yeah, the Hedgehog 2 that. movie. Saw this, and I was just like, What? I was like, what even is this? <laughs> like, I, I have yet to watch the first one. I'm pretty sure it's on Hulu. I have yet to watch. I intend to, just getting around to it in time and all like that. But now I'm like, okay, so I got to watch the first one because I just want to see the second one to see how he is as Knuckles. And I mean, I heard the first one's actually not bad. I heard the first one's yeah. fairly good. So, hey, that's that's interesting. It just Elba yeah. has been cast as Knuckles. So there is that. <laughs> um it is funny again. Getting slightly off topic here, I saw a meme about this. Uh, do you watch The Office? 
I do. Do you remember when Idris Elba's character, Charles, whatever his name was, was like the boss there? I think so, yeah. Yeah, that happened for a bit. I think it was like season five or so when yeah. that happened. Um, so like all the, like not all, but like some of the women in the office were like swooning over him and everything. Mm -hmm. And the part where he's talking to the camera, he's like, uh, I kind of have that effect on women. Just kind of, yeah. He's like, he knows how it is. So someone made a meme of like of that, and they were like, "I kind of have, I have that effect on Rouge the Bat." <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be interesting for sure. Uh, all right, a few more here. Life is Strange: The Remastered Collection has been delayed to 2022 because uh, they just want to give the devs more time to work on it. It was originally supposed to come out on September 30th, which was only 20 days after True Colors comes out on September 10th. No, kind of a bit small, like a short gap there. They want to give the devs more time to work on the game. So yeah. it's been delayed to next year. All that's all great. Don't want to crunch on, you know, have them crunch or like have them overworking themselves to get this out. Um, they did also say though that Life is Strange True Colors has been delayed for the Switch. Um, it's still coming this year. They just don't have a date on it yet. And at the same time, they announced the Wavelength DLC for True Colors. That will be coming on September 30th instead of the remastered collection. And it takes place about a year before True Colors. And it has you playing as Steph Gingrich. She is she was a side character in the Life is Strange Before the Storm um, prequel to like the original Life is Strange. She was a side character in that. She was returning in True Colors as like she's like a radio DJ in the new town and everything. So uh, the Wavelengths DLC has you playing as her and going through her story and all. So I'm excited for that. That's really cool. The Steam Deck does not get a performance boost when you dock it, unlike the Switch. Sorry if you were hoping for that. It just pops it up on the screen for you. Um, now, I think these are the three biggest brief mentions we have here. Possibly the biggest one is coming up first right here, though. Uh, Kotaku reported that a GTA Remastered Trilogy is in development over at Rockstar Dundee. Uh, their leading development on this trilogy. The trilogy is GTA 3, GTA Vice City, and San Andreas. They are all getting just, you know, basically kind of remastered in a sense. The UI, according to the report in Kotaku sources, uh, the UI that for each of the games is still going to have the same style that the original games had, but it's going to be updated slightly. Um, in terms of gameplay, they're trying to stick as close to the original as possible. Um, but I, I imagine they're still going to try and like make the gameplay feel updated for the modern yeah. day, you know, and not like you're playing a PS2 game now. Like, they'll, sure, they'll try to update some things, but keep it true to what it was in the past. Um, and But what's really interesting and exciting is that it's actually apparently supposed to come out this fall and either October or November for every major platform. So PlayStation, Xbox, PC, um, switch and mobile as well and stadia i think that is actually really cool that's really crazy i'm not gonna lie i've only ever played gta 3 and i never even finished it but i played it <laughs> a lot as a kid a lot as a kid um if they drop these oh also the it's all gonna be in one package as one digital um digital only one collection yeah. so it's not like you could buy each one piece meal or anything like that yeah. One collection, all digital. Um, not gonna lie, depending on the price, I may buy this twice. Might buy it once on the PS5 or once on the Switch. I'm not lying because yeah. I I love GTA. GTA is amazing. Uh, 
so yeah and they also say that the visuals will be like a mix of old and new it's being remastered and unreal and one of the kotaku sources said that um the game kind of looks like a heavily modded version of like classic those old gta games mm. so really curious to see what this actually ends up looking like when we see it when it gets announced and all like that but if it does come this year that'll be a crazy fall for gta yeah because it's G- this remastered trilogy plus the next gen version of five what yeah yeah rockstar's gonna have my money this, sell this holiday <laughs> season that's that's all i can say it's all i can say right there yeah um sorry i'll i'll chime in i actually have a question when you say you've only ever, you've only played gt is that out of that collection or no of that collection i've, yeah. I've played four and five that's what yeah. I, I meant from that trilogy i only yeah. played three yeah because I, I, I was like wait who hasn't played gta 5 but no i've i've played four and five i've <laughs> yeah. played four a bunch the dlc for four i played five ps3 and ps4 i played i played five like three times actually like straight yeah there. yeah no I, this this i will get because like, i i haven't played any of these games i've never played three san andreas or vice city so this this i will absolutely get if it comes well if it comes out this year uh remaster of five, of five for next gen probably not I'm, just, I'm gonna buy all of them i'm sorry <laughs> i love gta gta 5 i will replay that game a fourth time with ray tracing 4k and i'll probably do a whole other playthrough with the 60 fp oh, i'm playing that game i'm doing it they're gonna get my money I, I they just will some people are like you know will sell themselves for pokemon some people will sell their souls for other things i will happily do it for anything kingdom hearts and i'll do it for gta <laughs> gta is just that cool yeah um uh, one last uh, very quick thing we which i mentioned before we start recording is that uh, dundee is an hour and a half away from me yeah so hey karen roll up to the studio yeah roll up to the studio peek hey, through a window or something peek through a window <laughs> <laughs> be like a mile away just like you know get like the sniper uh the sniper scope with yeah. the, not the sniper scope but like a sniper lens for your camp for a camera or something yeah. just like Get the footage like that. Something, please. <laughs> um, two more here. So abandoned that PS5 game. Well, game in quotes, because what the what the heck even is this at this point? You know, they've been teasing this trailer app that they got. It went live or it went like the app was available for download like a week or two ago. And they were like, all right, the trailer app is gonna get updated. It's gonna be like a like a video, like a trailer tease or whatever coming this week. The day came, and then it was like, "Yeah, actually, hold on, like, hold on, guys, hold on, hold on. <laughs> we had issues. We had technical issues. A graphical up. We we noticed a graphical glitch, so we had to go fix it, which caused multiple engine issues. <laughs> so it's delayed. <laughs> People were like, "What are you talking about? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it just doesn't." Meanwhile, that very same day. They posted like this short four or five second teaser on Twitter, right? Where it's just like you see this guy walking in like some some house or whatever. And like you see like just like the waist down from a certain angle. So like you don't know when you don't see really what he's wearing. He's wearing like a jacket, jeans, and some shoes. He's walking. Just see him walk real quick, four or five seconds, right? So they put that out. I forgot what day that was. And then that same day, hey guys, sorry, we screwed the pooch. We can't put this out today. (laughs) So then the next day comes. And actually, that same day, they didn't give an explanation as to why. They just said, hold on, we have technical issues, it's delayed. The next day, 
they gave an update. And that's when they said, this is what happened. And that's when people were like, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> that's not how this works. That's <laughs> not how any of this works. So then yesterday, yesterday, they, fi- they finally fixed it. And they put out whatever the video was, right? Mm-hmm. A five gig update went out. Okay. Now mm-hmm. I was out there when all this was going on. I heard that it came out. I was like, all right, cool. I'll check it out when I get back home. I wasn't on Twitter from like 3, 4 p.m. to like 10 p.m. I wasn't on Twitter. So I get back home and I go on Twitter and I see some people talking about it. And I swear, I saw someone say this. I was like, you're lying. (laughs) Turns out what they updated, what they put in the app was the exact same video they put on Twitter. I'm not joking. Wait, it the was five the exact, second? Yes, it was the exact same five second video <laughs> from Twitter that they put in the app, which made me even say anymore. What the heck is going on with this? You had a graphical glitch that you claim you had a graphical glitch that caused multiple engine issues. And it was just for the same five second clip you put on Twitter days ago. Are you serious? What are you talking? This doesn't make any sense. No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> Which at this point, I'm, saying, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, if you're just an audio listener, I'm dying over <laughs> here. Like, you, like visual, watching me, I'm dying over here. I can barely get this out. <laughs> it's like, what even is this anymore? I don't know what this is. <laughs> and like on in the app, it's just like, yeah. This was just like the introduction. Next, there's like another teaser trailer. Then there's like a full trailer. Then there's going to be like a gameplay demo or two or something like that. And it's like, what What are you all doing over there? Like, is this real anymore? Like, who's behind this? And honestly, as I've seen some people say, the only, there's only two outcomes for this. And I, we've said this before, but after this shenanigans that happened this week, <laughs> These two things stand to be true, so more, so much more true than ever before. One, this is Hideo Kojima pulling a fast one on everyone, and he gets a pass for it, kind of, sorta. Or two, this is some random indie studio that is in that is just like nose diving <laughs> their yeah. career in record time mm-hmm. because what the heck is even? This is just a a mess of marketing promotion, run, like letting just everything it's just a mess i have no idea what to make of any of this and yeah who knows when the next thing for abandoned is gonna come i don't know but hopefully it'll be less of a mess than this but nine out of ten it's not gonna be <laughs> yeah yeah i mean if if it's just some indie studio like 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 you say nose bombing their game then everyone's everyone's gonna abandon it you are not the first to make that joke but it, it works it just Still works proud. <laughs> Ooh, okay that was such a good laugh final sorry sorry that that brief mention took a bit longer but it just it was too funny <laughs> final brief mention here um call of duty vanguard it's leaked uh images of like the game's key art and like the pre-order bonuses have leaked and everything it's actually called Vanguard. That was just code. That was not just the code name. It's called Call of Duty Vanguard. The key art just has like some soldiers in like some World War II outfits and everything running. Um, like some of the pre-order bonuses for an open beta, different um, specialists for uh, 
for you just like to use in the game not like not specialists like in black ops 4 but like they have in the past couple games just like hey this is the character i'm gonna play as a multiplayer and stuff like that yeah um so yeah no release date for it though in the leaks or anything like that the call of duty twitter page has also been kind of cheeky about like teasing and everything like they're on their twitter page they posted um this short clip this short snippet like this camera moving over this building and you see a bunch of planes flying but on top of all the planes it says leaks and rumors <laughs> so that the, they've been pretty yeah. cheeky and everything but they're in full promotion for this game so that's happening um going back to the thing about halo real quick how you said you think that the gamescom showcase will, will get the release date if Call of Duty's release date comes before that, then yes, we would, I would not be surprised if we get the Halo release date afterwards because Phil Spencer already said that they're kind of they want to they're waiting on other pieces to be announced term and like date wise before they yeah. say before they set Halo's release date. Yeah, because there's like they say you know other third party things going on, and of course you know Battlefield's end of October or beginning of October. I forgot exactly what the date was for that, and. Call of Duty will probably be October or November. Halo's going to kind of want to try to not be sandwiched in between. It's good. It's weird. So once once Call of Duty gets announced, which will probably be next week, uh, well, this coming week, actually, the week that this goes live, yeah. we'll probably get Vanguard's release date. Halo Infinite's date will probably, would not be surprised if it's like the next week or two after that. Uh, 22nd of October for Battlefield. And that's what I thought in my head. That's what I was thinking, but I wasn't too sure on it. So yeah, those are all of our brief mentions. Um, honestly, we got through some of them, most of them pretty quickly, but them last three, <laughs> them last three were a bit of a bit of a doozy. I, yeah. I still can't get over abandoned. Dear, what the heck? <laughs> what the heck, man? What the heck? All right, but now we're going to get into our main news stories of the episode, and we're going to continue on with some more Activision stuff. You know, we were just talking about Call of Duty Vanguard, but we still got all the Activision Blizzard stuff to talk about. Um, Okay, in the fallout of this lawsuit that um, Activision Blizzard is dealing with, in case you were not aware, um, Activision Blizzard is being sued by the state of California for terrible workplace conditions and how they treat women over there in terms of sexual harassment, um, discrimination, uh, sexual harassment, discrimination, uh, pay like disparities, a, a number of different things. We did yeah. two, we did one long episode where we essentially talked about that for the entirety of the episode. In the second episode, we talked about uh, the walkout that Blizzard employees did uh, the following week. So definitely go give those two episodes a watch or a listen if you have not already for all the news and all the information about the lawsuit. Um, But this past week, uh, the Diablo 4 director and other Blizzard devs have been fired from the company. Activision Blizzard confirmed this. I'm looking at this article from Kat Bailey over here at IGN. Um, At first, um, it was just... It wasn't. It was just reported by Kotaku that this would happen, but then Activision Blizzard did confirm that Louis Bariga, Jesse McCree, and Jonathan LeCraft were no longer with the company. Louis Bariga was the Diablo 4 director. Uh, Jesse McCree was the lead level designer, and Jonathan LeCraft was a World of Warcraft designer. Um, and the Activision Blizzard spokesperson did say, "quote uh, They said this to IGN." Quote, we have a deep, talented roster of developers already in place and new leaders have been assigned where appropriate. We are confident in our ability to continue progress, deliver amazing experiences to our players and move forward to ensure a safe, productive work environment for all. End quote. Good. Good. Yep. This is 100% necessary. 
um, if I'm correct, they were, I, I don't know if they were named. Oh yeah, they were tied. Uh, uh, Jesse McCree and Jonathan LaCraft. They were in the um, article here on IGN. Says here that they were both tied to the recent Cosby Suite report that mm -hmm. Kotaku did. I'm pretty sure they were pictured, like in that picture of all the guys on the bed holding the framed picture of Bill Cosby. Yeah, that sounds as bad as it. Uh, as, it looks as bad as it sounds, guys. Yeah. Um, pretty sure they were both pictured in that. And Bariga, I don't remember if he was like in any of the pictures or anything like that, but clearly he was also connected to everything. So they have all been let go from the company. They are no longer there, which is great. Get rid of all the people that are terrible people. Yep. Continue doing this. Continue the purge that you need to do. Um, interestingly enough, I didn't know this, but McCree from Overwatch was named after Jesse McCree. Yep. So now fans are calling. Well, fans were already, but they're continuing even more now to call for the character to be renamed. Um, I'm sure the Overwatch team can write that into their overarching narrative in some yep. type of way. Be like, yeah, I always went by McCree, but I don't like that name anymore. Now I want to go by blah, 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 blah. You know, and there you yeah. go. Like, <clears throat> you don't have to do a radical story rewrite to like retcon stuff or anything no. at all. Um, so yeah, good. Good riddance. Good for um, good for you know the Blizzard devs over there that are seeing this change happen. And again, that's not to say that this is enough. These are just steps that are these yeah. are necessary steps that are being taken to get to the place where progress can actually start to be made. Do you have anything to say about that before I move on to this next Activision Blizzard update? I do not. All right, the next one, which is actually our final Activision Blizzard update. There wasn't really too much that I saw this week in terms of Activision Blizzard news. Um, but uh, the company was criticized by a shareholder um, in regards to the company's response to the lawsuit and how they've been handling things. This IGN article by Joe Scrubbles here, uh, he writes here, SOC, an investment group, a shareholder of Activision Blizzard, has criticized the company's response to facing a recent high-profile lawsuit and widespread allegations for a toxic work culture and made demands for it to change. As reported by Axios, SOC Executive Director Dieter Weisenegger, I believe is how this is pronounced, called the management response to Activision Blizzard's reported toxic work culture problems, quote, inadequate, and called on the company to do more to tackle the issues it's facing. In a letter published on Twitter by Axios' Megan Far Farokmanesh, I believe is how you pronounce her last name. Sure. I apologize if it's not. Uh, Weisenegger said that the updated statement from CEO Bobby Kotick included, quote, improved tone and increased detail, but did not go nearly far enough to address the deep and widespread issues with equity, inclusion, and human, and human capital management, end quote. Uh, the letter also calls on Activision Blizzard to add a woman director to the board by the end of 2021, commit to gender balance on the board by 2025, claw back bonuses from executives found to have enabled abusive behavior, cancel executive bonuses for 2021, award bonuses based on achieving diversity goals in future, and, com and, com and conduct a company-wide equity review. Uh, and they also agree with the ABK Workers Alliance in rejecting Activision Blizzard's choice to institute law firm Wilmer Hale as an auditor. Weisenegger writes, quote, this firm has a sterling reputation as a defender of the wealthy and connected, but it has no track record of uncovering wrongdoing. The lead investigator does not have an in-depth experience investigating workplace harassment and abuse. And the scope of the investigation fails to address the full range of equity issues, Mr. Kodak acknowledges, end quote. This is great. I think it's mm -hmm. great that a shareholder 
of of the of Activision Blizzard is speaking out so loudly in well in support of the employees, but you yeah. know also in um in speaking out so loudly in opposition to yeah. Activision Blizzard and saying, "Hey, you guys are not doing enough. You need to do better." Uh, you know, yes, Bobby Kotick's updated statement was good. That you know, it's the tone and detail is is appreciated, but you need to do more. You can do better. You need to do more. You have no choice but to do more. And these are the things that you need to do. So great. 100% great. I'm happy to hear this. I'm happy to see this. I'm happy to see the company getting pushed back, not just from the public, not just from employees internally, but from those that like, you know, have a financial investment in the company yeah. as well. It makes a, It makes a difference when, you know, they're getting attacked from all angles and there's like no one's letting up the pressure from any one side yeah i mean money talks you start taking away their money that's when they're going to start implementing a real change to get that money back basically so yep those are our activision blizzard updates for this week of course as always as more updates and news comes on out in regards to this lawsuit you can be sure that we will talk about it here on the show for you know no matter how if it's small, big, if we talk about it, for, that'll determine how long we talk about it this week. Not too much going on, but still very noteworthy and important things that we needed to mention. Now, staying in the realm of people being fired for things that they might have said or that they may have said or done. Um, wow, this dog outside is just barking like crazy. <laughs> Jeez, I don't know if you can hear it, but just like, what's going on out there, dog? Sorry. Um, a, de- a developer over at Apex Legends, the lead designer, uh, has been fired for uh, sexist and racist posts that they made uh, back in 2007. Uh, the community like dug this up and found this out. So I'm reading this. This is a fan by article by Ethan Davison. And this isn't so much a news article. It's more so a kind of a look at what happened and the why it yeah. happened and all. So I'm not going to read everything from this. I've read this already. I read it earlier in the week. Um, and again, I'll give a content warning here because they do have one at the beginning of the article. There's a con- content warning that the article contains quotes and sources to blog posts that are sexist, misogynistic, and racist in nature. In case that is, you know, disturbing or something that you don't feel comfortable hearing or you, or you cannot hear, that is your little content warning. It's a heads up for you. So... Uh, the lead is the lead game designer on, on Apex Legends. Uh, his name is Daniel Z. Klein, and he announced that uh, he's no longer at Respawn anymore. And this happened after people on Twitter they found a sexist rant that he posted on Deviant on Deviant Art uh, in 2007. I didn't look at the rant at all, um, but reading here what uh, Ethan has from Fanbyte, he says here, and the unearthed blog post. A client wrote that women were irrational, said that XX were, quote, moron chromosomes, and that his readers shouldn't pay attention to a woman's online post because, quote, it's just her vagina talking. Other writing from this period shows Klein making a racist joke about refusing to feed Africans with a punchline about African people's lack of hygiene. So reading, continuing on reading um, the article here, Ethan says, the discovery of Klein's disturbing years old post occurred the same week news surfaced about Activision Blizzard being sued by the state of California for rampant harassment and discrimination behind studio doors. 
Um, Blizzard President J. Allen Breck has since stepped down to pursue new opportunities. Francis Townsend, the company's executive vice president of corporate affairs, has stepped down as the sponsor of the ABK's uh, women, ABK Women's Network after sending an internal memo that dismissed the lawsuit's claims and accounts of workplace culture. Unlike Breck, however, Townsend remains employed by the company. Yeah. Sorry, one more text here. All right. Cool. Okay, that's done. So, um, so that is what happened. That is what happened with him. That is what the blog post was about. And so he was let go from the from uh, respawn because of that. So at first, uh, like this news kind of came out and all. And Klein, he's actually been as Ethan notes here. He's been expressing solidarity with everyone at Blizzard because of what's been going on there. Uh, and he did admit that he wrote the stuff in the blogs and he apologized in a tweet saying, uh, quote, I hope it is obvious I don't believe these things anymore. Uh, end quote. There's more to the apology, but I'm not reading the entire thing here. Um, and he's, Klein has been continuously, you know, posting about that Division Blizzard stuff and supporting all the employees over there, speaking out, so on and so forth. Um, but the people, like the community over at Apex Legends, the they weren't really feeling it. They weren't um, accepting of it. And they weren't really, really accepting of the response from Respawn uh, either. One of, the, uh, one of the people over there, the director of communications at Respawn, Ryan K. Rigney, he kind of commented on the situation saying, I don't think, well, saying here, quote, I don't think anything from 2007 reflects on a person in 2001. People grow up, end quote. Um, but regardless, he was still fired. EA still kind of let him go. And he was let go as of Friday, August 6th. So he did talk with Fanbyte on a phone call. Talked with the company. He talked with Fanbyte. And he's continued to basically just say that, you know, like he, he doesn't, he's not okay with what he did back then. Yeah. He he recognizes what that it was wrong he knows that it was wrong he like he should have been saying those things and he doesn't try to like shy away from it or anything like that be like oh that i didn't do that those those are fabrications yeah. like he doesn't do that he's like yes i did that that was who i was back then but i have tried to become a better person since then since the since those days where i was posting all these hurtful terrible awful things i've tried you know to be better at all um so here in the article uh they talk about these actions that he tries you know that he's been trying to um make up for and he says here uh quote he says i was actively someone who would hurt other people emotionally because of my own insecurities right that is what you saw on display there and it took me so long to even understand that this was a problem i had to fix i don't think there's any apologies for that i was just an awful person end quote but in recent years, as Fanbyte notes, he's been very outspoken um, in terms of like supporting marginalized people and people who would normally deal with harassment or oppression, what so have you, in the games industry. Um, so while they note here, while he was at um, Riot, because that's where he was before he was at um, Respawn, he was very vocal on social media about the toxic aspects of his workplace. This is me reading directly from Ethan here. Um, and the misogynistic environment in the League of Legends community. Later, his support of a riot run PAX event for people who identified as female or non-binary non 
led to an acrimonious Twitter exchange with fans who considered the event discriminatory for not being open to everyone. Uh, quote, I blew up at this, he tells Fanbyte. Getting fired from Riot for calling misogynistic misogynist players man babies and for telling a concerned troll to F off and see lion somewhere else, end quote. Soon after, along with another colleague, uh, soon after Klein, along with another colleague, was fired from Riot for violating the social media policy. Um, I forgot exactly what it was that happened. Um, oh, here we go. Basically, as they say here, in a Twitter thread at the time, Klein stated misogynist fans did not belong in the gaming community. Quote, they're not welcome here. They're not welcome in the gaming. They're not welcome in gaming anymore, he wrote. To strive towards justice, we sometimes have to be harsh and exclusionary. If they want to be welcome, hey, they could try not being absolute a-holes to women, end quote. Uh, and then even now, Klein stands behind what he says, adding that, well, stands behind what he said, adding that, quote, we need to give marginalized groups more accommodations, not fewer. And when there are bad faith attempts to shut down reasonable accommodations, we have to speak up, end quote. Now, I'll stop there because after that point in the article, you kind of start to get um, responses from the community and people's thoughts in the community. But the majority of what they have here is basically saying, well, at least some of what they have here is, is basically people saying that they're not really all that cool with his apology and they're still, they're okay with him being fired. Some of them, one person here says that they're for personal growth, but having saying what you did and as a 30 year old in 2007, like it's still a bit concerning. Yeah. Um, what is your take on this, Karen? I mean, obviously he shouldn't say that stuff in the first place. I don't think that's up for debate anywhere. But, right. I, and I, I said this last week, I think that like I'm very skeptical when it comes to like people's responses to like this sort of stuff because it's like, oh, you're sorry, now you got caught. But, right. you know, uh, seeing what he has done between 2007 and now, I'm, I'm not so skeptical about this one because it looks like, like he has been very outspoken toward, like, and supportive of different people in different communities. So I'm, yes, I still think he, I still think he should have been fired because I, I wouldn't have somebody, it, it doesn't matter if they said it yesterday or what 14 years ago like yes you can you can work on yourself and you can change but there's still a point where like i agree with that comment you just mentioned so that it was like saying as a 30 year old that's still a bit you know concerning so uh -huh. like this this is one of the ones where i'm i'm still happy of like the overall outcome because i don't think there there isn't room for people like that in the gaming community or industry but i'm not entirely like against him because he has obviously worked on himself and been very outspoken towards towards some of these issues yeah i you see for me i look at this similar to the james gunn situation um which if you don't know or don't remember it was in 2019 i think it was 2018 or 2019 um no but it had to be 2018 pretty sure that's when it was yeah um when james gunn was fired for, um, by disney off of, he was fired from guardians of the galaxy 3 because people had dug up old pictures and like i think tweets of his from like over a decade prior of him making basically really stupid jokes 
really yeah. stupid and just like offensive jokes that were definitely jokes, but it's like still shouldn't have said it. No. Um, and I think the pictures, like it was like pictures of a party, but like the party was definitely like a, it was a party where it's like, okay, th- this shouldn't be the party or like this shouldn't be like what you're yeah. dressed up as at the party. You know, I forgot the specifics of it, but he was fired. And it's like, people were like, no, wait, he's not that person anymore. Like, yeah. that's not who he is. Like, he's changed. Why are we firing him just like so quickly without like even, you know, discussing things with him, talking this out, like actually looking more into it and like doing actual investigation yeah. where it's like firing right off the bat just to be like, oh, shoot, hold on. We got this. This, this is what you did in the past. Bye. We don't want to be associated with that at all. And like not deal with any of the problems or like yeah. not deal with working that out or anything like that. And you know, Disney did hire him back. He is doing Guardians of the Galaxy 3, but I mean, in the interim, he did he worked on um, su- the Suicide Squad, the new one that just came out. And, um, you know, the cast of the, the first two Guardians of the Galaxy movies, they, like, put out an open letter, which they all signed, basically saying, hey, like, James should not have been fired. Like, yeah. he is... The person he was back then is not who he is now. He is a very different person. He has definitely grown. And even, I think, around the time, James himself, he was like, yeah, like I did that back in the day. I definitely shouldn't have done that. Uh, you know, like I'm sorry for what I did back then. And I think he, even before that apology for the firing, well, when he got fired, I think he had apologized even like in the past prior to that. Yeah. But like he, again, he spoke, he's like, yeah, that's the thing I did. I'm not proud of it at all in any way, shape or form. You know, I'm still, I'm still sorry for what I did back then. Um, you know, I have like I have grown since then, but to anybody who is who I've upset or hurt or anything like that because of these past things, you know, like I'm deeply sorry for all that and all. And I look at this situation similar to that one, where that was 14 years ago when Klein said these things. Yeah. It's 14 years ago, 2007. And yes, while that what the person did say, or what the one community member said, where they're like, yeah, who has a seven, but saying those things at that age, it's like, you know, it's still concerning. That while that can be true, I also think that it's just as true that you can be, you can, you can say ignorant and edgy things at one, at eight as a full on adult, but then grow over time and realize, hey, I shouldn't have been saying those things, period, let alone at that age. Yeah. And I can be doing better. And how I could act, I can and should be doing better and can and should be helping these people that are in these groups uh, that of oppression or marginalization or so on and so forth what have you so like it's not just like he's just like it's not just talk you know he's also yeah. as i said last week put in the work and shown that he truly has grown in terms, I mean, just based off what I've read, just based off what I've read from the story and what I know of the situation, uh, you know, being very outspoken for women in different marginalized groups and telling, basically saying, hey, misogynists, you guys can just, you guys can screw yourselves and go somewhere. Like, we don't want you here in the gaming community. Gaming yeah. is, you guys, you guys, if you want to be in gaming, you need to be a better person. You can't be a misogynist out here. You know, being outspoken like that you know, in the current day and age, all these years removed from the initial 2007 um, blog post, I think it says a lot about him as a person. So like, I don't think that 
he should have been fired. But like, I do think that, you know, if Respawn wanted to talk about, talk with him internally on this um, to get a better understanding, like, hey, what was, what was going on with this? And then look at the things that he's done since then and look at how he is now before making a decision. I think that would have been better. And I mean, it's possible that they did and they still said, you know what? We just want to remove you from the situation, from the company because all the stuff is going on at Activision Blizzard and this is a hot button issue, hot button topic. We just had the thing with Fulbright last week. We, we don't want to be roped on into that at all. No. We got we to gotta, we gotta drop you. It's very possible that that you know that that is the that the, that's the mindset they had, and I actually think that might be the mindset that they had. I, I think it might be just based off again. To for me personally, it seems like he's he's become such a better person. He's not that same guy he was 14 years ago, even if he was a full on 30 year old adult at the time. You can change. You you just simply can. Um, so I. I don't think he should have been, but at the same time, I understand why it was done. Yeah. And, you know, I just hope that he's able to bounce back from this. You get what I mean? Yeah. Um, uh, can I go on off um, of what you said about the whole James Gunn situation? I think the difference for me is, I mean, obviously just before I get into this, like, Neither of these people should have said what they said, either joking or not. But that's the difference for me is James Gunn was like very clearly joking when he was when he was saying that um, Klein here like meant it. Like this wasn't a joke. This wasn't him, you know, try to have a laugh with a few of his friends. This was like his genuine thoughts at the time. So, well, real quick, actually, I don't I don't remember if it's here. It might. No, yeah, it is in here. It's actually at the very end of the article. Um, he says here, uh, they, uh, I forgot who it is that wrote the article. Ethan, Ethan Davison here. He writes, uh, reflecting on his post from 2007, he emphasizes, talking about Klein here, quote, I do not even remotely believe these things anymore if I ever believed them. It was this edgelordy kind thing of like, ooh, I want to say this because it's going to get a reaction, not because I had a deep ingrained belief in these things. But that doesn't excuse it or it does, or doesn't make a difference. The impact is the same. I harmed people. It's not for me to say if I've changed. It's for other people to say, end quote. Okay. So not, not to interrupt you or take away yeah. from your point, but based off what he's saying, it's not like, it doesn't seem like he actually believed these things. He was just trying to do it for, as people would say, do it for the lulls. Yeah. You know, he would just be like, if I say this, people are going to be like, get mad or laugh at laugh at it or all like that and i'm just gonna yeah. be sitting here like ha, ha, ha. okay yeah then in in that case like if if it was a joke if it was like it wasn't like ingrained in his head like that's how he was maybe he shouldn't have been fired i don't know like it's it's a difficult situation because yeah it's nuanced it's really yeah. nuanced i mean you're like depending on who you are your your opinion is like you know some people will be like i mean it's even in here like uh, responds um like somebody who works at respawn said you know we can't hold or we we don't think that comments in 2007 represent who he is today in 2021 but then you'll have people who are like no ban him i oust him from the industry i oust him from from ever blah 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 
which like I don't think there's like a, I don't think there's a correct response to this to this kind of stuff because it, you're gonna make somebody unhappy no matter what you choose, right? I mm-hmm. I am of the opinion that he either should have been fired, which he was, or face heavy penalties for for this stuff because yeah, like I. I, I just I again I, I just I can't fathom even saying stuff like this. Just my, my brain doesn't doesn't compute it. But uh-huh. I, yeah, I mean for for me, like like I say, I, I'm taking this one a lot less skeptically because you know he has done the work, he has put in time, he has made himself better over the years, which he has proven by how he's been, you know, vocal at Riot and the reason he was fired and why he and he he has changed. I I, I believe that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm yeah, just, and like, yeah. sorry, I was gonna say like part of the part of the reason why also the Apex community has is like happy with him being fired. It it like part of it is because of what he said in the past. Yes, but part of it's also because um, just the way he would interact with people on social media. Mm. Um. Uh, like he would be according to like some of the people here uh he would be kind of like aggressive with people in the community um i'm reading here hold on hold on hold on it's uh this is paragraph here that's kind of it's after the one that starts but while respawn prides itself uh, it's near the end here but it says here i'm going to read directly from ethan he says here Client sees his social media interactions with players as a core part of his professional identity, that of an accessible game developer who communicates with the player base rather than someone who is remote, silent, and opaque. However, Saku describes his interaction with Apex players as mostly negative. Saku is a one of the members of the Apex um, Apex Legends community. He's a player, yeah. or they are a player, I should say. Um. Uh, I, mo- I, know main- I know many people who quit the game because of his attitude. She's Hell's fanbite. I wouldn't even say he has a relationship with the community beyond an intent to antagonize people. Um, while Klein wrote his apology, and then speak- going back to Ethan, while Klein wrote in his apology that he was, quote, embarrassed, sad, and angry at my younger self for saying this stuff, the caustic tone of his deviant art post is recognizable in some of his more recent sh- social media use. In addition to his sometimes combative relationship with League of Legends players earlier this year, Klein responded to fans upset about balance changes in Apex by calling them, quote, nerds who scream into the void, end quote. So then one of the moderators, again, reading back from Ethan, one of the moderators of a popular online Apex community who prefers to remain anonymous tells fan by in a conversation on Discord that the Apex community has been particularly critical of Klein's work as a developer and social media use, saying, quote, Frankly, a lot of the stuff Klein wrote was terrible. Despite his best efforts, no matter the game he works on, the community ends up really not liking him. Uh, but at the same time, uh, this person here, quote, uh, they see a lot of people bring up his firing from Riot as a way to point out his flaws. And it's a scenario which I think requires a really nuanced perspective. I think it points to a man who has at least tried to change from what he said in those blog posts, end quote. And then uh, they have here, Ethan has here talking about uh, they have a quote here from Ethan where he's talking about how he is on social media. Uh, and Klein, they say here, Klein acknowledges his sometimes impolitic use of social media, uh, saying, quote, some days it's hard. Some days you just snap at someone and you go, but they deserve to be snapped at, right? 
It takes a lot of effort to stop bad impulses from taking over. And all I can say is that I've made progress for sure, end quote. So that's also part of why people are like, okay with him being gone, but also part of why some people are a bit skeptical of his apology and not all that accepting of it because they're like, you say you've changed and you've done these things, but also like your attitude, like is still really aggressive and antagonistic towards other people. So like, there's still like, there's still stuff that you got to work on and it, that his attitude kind of makes it hard for some people to believe that he's changed, you know, in yeah. any way, shape, or form, the way that he says he has, and all. But even still, even even still, with all that in mind, at least my perspective on this again is that, in relation to what he said back then, even as a thirty-year-old or however old he was as an adult, fallen adult by, back then, he has seemingly changed and grown and become, or at least tried to become a better person and atone for what he did back then. And yes, he, you know, as he says here, it's, he has, yes, he hasn't, he could be be aggressive and antagonistic. And it's just, sometimes it's difficult to just not, it's difficult to fight the impulse to, you know, be like, hey, you know, F off, like (laughs) stop. Like, you know, to all these people who are just like, constantly sending hate your way online because you're working on a game what have you whatever it may whatever the case may be you know um but again even then he's like you know i've i've tried to make progress i've you know i've been putting in work to try and you know be better with that as well at the end of the day all the everything here just points to for me points to someone who acknowledges that they were not the best person and as an adult when they should have, you know, they were not in the best place they should have been. And they have been working, you know, harder and harder just to try and be better than they were. Yeah. So on that level, with everything that he's done or seemingly done and said and everything, I don't think he should have been fired. That's where I fall on this. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I've kind of said my piece for this. Like, I, again, I, I, I don't know. I difficult situation. I I don't really have have any sort of opinion as to whether he should have been fired or not. After like after going through this article in depth and kind of thinking about it a little bit, I'm I'm kind of indifferent on it. I there there really in my head there wasn't really a right decision Respawn could have made. If they kept him, they would have made the they would have made the community unhappy because uh-huh. they fired him. They've now you know I mean he's without a job. I'm sure there are going to be some people in the Apex community who are unhappy he's been fired. It's, I don't know. It's it's a it's a little bit difficult. Yeah. It again. It's a, it's one that requires a lot of nuance. Yeah. To it more so than like some of the past instances that we've talked about about yeah. people being fired for things that they've said and done and all. Um. But yeah, that's that is what's going on over there. So. I really just hope the best for him, really. And there's all like there's also a Kotaku, um, I guess report or piece where they also talk to him as well. I obviously I don't have that one here, the doc. I did read that yeah. one though. Um, so if you are interested in learning a bit more or hearing more from um, Klein about the situation and everything, 
definitely go over to Kotaku. Definitely read the Fanbyte one first, um, but also go read Kotaku's. I forgot who wrote it. Um, I, I, off the top of my head, I read it a couple of days ago. Um, but they're, they're both two good pieces. They kind of go hand in hand with each other and give you a nice picture of the whole situation. Okay, so now we're going to move away from negative news <laughs> it feels like every week now for the past like yeah. month or so we've we've been like starting off with negative news and like and now the positive stuff <laughs> um but this this should be a fun nice way to um kind of round out the show here or at least round out the news part of the show um we had two indie showcases this week one by nintendo and one by xbox um and they both had a bunch of cool looking games to be honest I only saw the Nintendo one. I did not watch the um, Xbox one. But thankfully, from what I heard, the Xbox one was only two hours, not four. <laughs> so that is very good. Karen, did you watch either of these? I did not. Okay. So got some cool games here to talk about. They're really cool. Um, and I, I definitely suggest, highly suggest, um, if you have not watched any of these showcases, of course, go watch the showcases so you can see the games and everything, learn more about them um the nintendo indie world one was only like 20 minutes or so as i said the idea xbox one was two hours bit lengthier but um i think there was still some good stuff in there for sure based off what i read and everything now i'm not running down we're not going to run down every single game that will show it at each showcase but what i did was i just grabbed some of the highlights from each showcase so Without further ado, we're going to start off with Nintendo's Indie World Showcase that happened. Um, some of them we'll, may have a bit to talk about. Some of them probably just going to be like a bam, bam, bam thing. So first up, Axiom Verge 2 was shadow dropped um, this week. Came out the same day as the Nintendo Indie World Showcase. The first Axiom Verge was really highly acclaimed. I never played it, but I know a lot of people really liked it. A lot of people have been looking forward to Axiom Verge 2. So this being Shadow Drop, the same day as Indie Showcase, um, big deal for a lot of people. There are reviews out there. I haven't read any reviews yet. Um, so I don't know like what, the, what everyone's feelings on the game are right now. But if you are an Axiom Verge fan, you're probably already playing Axiom Verge 2. <laughs> and if you are not, go give it a look. If I'm right, it's like a Metroidvania type of game, pixel art and everything like that. And two, if I'm correct, is a prequel to one. So I don't know if you'll still need, I don't know if you like, you should play one still before you play two for like any story stuff. I'm not quite sure. Um, but by all means, definitely go give uh, both games a look. Axiom Verge 2, that was cool. And I, that actually wasn't the first one in the show. But again, I'm just, I just put everything here in order and I'm just yeah. going down. Um, Tetris Effect Connected. Um, is also coming to the Switch on October 8th, and it will support cross-play. Tetris Effect Connected is on Xbox now. I don't know if it's on PlayStation right now or not. Um, but Tetris Effect, the original, was originally a PlayStation exclusive. And I have Tetris Effect, and I have played a bit of it, not all of it. I'm not that good at Tetris, to be honest. Not really my game. But that game is visually really cool. It is like a visual, just like... A sight for the senses visually and then audio like audio wise too the music ah some good music in there as well so it coming to switch that that's a nice place for it. that's a perfect platform for it i think it is on ps4 i don't nice because i know they have a, a series x and series s enhancement for it so i don't know if they also have a ps5 one got it got it 
cool gigs. I know that Connected was like exclusive to Xbox for a bit, I think. Or at least it was, ex- I think might maybe it was like launch exclusive. I don't remember yeah. exactly, but I knew there was like some exclusivity of some sort going on with Connected for a bit on, with Xbox. Um, then we got Bomb Rush Cyberfunk. That game is coming as a time exclusive to the Switch in 2022. This game is basically like, I guess you could say it's a spiritual successor to Jet Set Radio, which is a game that I think, if I'm right, I guess you could say has like a cult following of sorts, has a cult fan base yeah. from like the, what, the Dreamcast days? Is that right? Is that the right platform for it? Dreamcast mm-hmm. sounds right. Um, and I, from, I think there was like a sequel to Jet Set Radio. I think it was called like Jet Set Future, I think. I might be pulling this stuff out of, the, out of thin air, but I don't think I am. If I have any in my head, I'm pretty sure I'm right on it. Um, so yeah, from right, like people have kind of wanted like another one to come back. So Bomb Rush Cyberfunk is is that. It's your spiritual successor <laughs> to Jet Set Radio. Uh, so yeah, that's coming time exclusive next year. Looks interesting. I don't know if I'll play it, but it does look cool. I like the style and, the, and everything that has going on for it. Then we have Loop Hero coming to the Switch this winter. This game was kind of making the rounds early this year in terms of like people being like, oh shit, this game is like, this game is cool um i think it's all it was originally or it is currently like a pc exclusive game and if i'm right it's like um you're you basically like you you have a loop and you're stuck in a loop and you're just like going through the loop over and over again to try and save the world or something like that exactly i don't remember the exact premise of the game but um that would that's coming to switch this winter which again the switch is just the perfect place for any any game any indie game to be honest so it comes to Switch. It also just seems like the perfect move, like the right move for that game after being on PC only for yeah. quite some time. Now, one of my favorite games on this show, I think this was the last one in the show, actually. One of my favorites from it, Eastward, coming to the Switch as a time exclusive September 16th. Um, I'm going to read here the little like snippet they have from the IGN um, recap that they got here uh, for eastward they say eastward also real quick by adam bankhurst who wrote this little roundup up says eastward is an action rpg action adventure rpg that is set in a post-apocalyptic world and inspired by the best of 90s anime it comes from the publisher of stardew valley and has you playing a hard-working miner named john who discovers a young girl named sam in a secret underground facility it was originally revealed back in 2015 but it's coming to switch time console exclusive september 16th i like the art style of this game a lot I think we saw a bit of gameplay in the footage we saw in the um, Nintendo Indie World Showcase. It just looks like a vibe. Like, it just hits all, like, the right buttons for me. And I'm really looking forward to this one. I definitely want to play this game when it comes out. Yeah, sorry, I was uh, I was watching the trailer for it. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it looks cool. Um, I, I don't know if I'm necessarily going to play it. It doesn't look like my kind of game. I also wasn't the biggest fan of uh, Stardew Valley, um, but I, I don't know if this game is uh, is at all similar. But yeah, not not sure if I'm going to play this or not. Oh yeah, I'm sure it's not. I mean, this is an action adventure RPG. Stardew Valley yeah. was like a farming simulator type of thing. So yeah, there's that. Then that we got Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon that got announced. It's coming this winter. It's basically like Shovel Knight with like if I'm there's like a map that you that you like you know could kind of walk over, walk around and all. But then, like, if I'm right, the battles are like the dungeon crawling and stuff. It's basically like puzzle, like a match, kind of like a match three type of puzzle game in a sense. 
and all, it looks like it could be a fun time. Honestly, it's interesting seeing Shovel Knight just like branch off into like different yeah. things and everything. You had all the different expansions for the original Shovel Knight. Shovel Knight's pop getting amiibos. He's popping up a Smash as an assist trophy. He's popping up, you know, in other games. And now he, we're getting a whole new different genre from Shuffle Knight. It's cool. I never played a Shuffle Knight game, but I, no, I'm all for it. I'm all for the franchise branching out and doing new things and stuff. Yeah, um, I, I played Shuffle Knight. It's a good game. I would recommend it. You got, re- you got Karen's recommendation, his seal of yeah. approval. So go play the original Shuffle Knight. Uh, Metal Slug Tactics, got, that got announced for the Switch. We first saw that, honestly, game, not too uh, long ago. E3. Uh, e3 what opening night life what? for um... yeah jeff Keighley's thing right yeah summer game fest summer there game we go. Fest i couldn't remember where it was i knew it was like the past two months but yes first saw it there it got announced for the switch that's cool i know people are excited about that game so get excited to play it on the go on the switch again perfect place for it um then there's this game toem it's announced for the switch it's coming this fall i believe this game at least i first saw it either during the Gorilla Showcase or the Wholesome Game Showcase, one of the two during E3 time. Basically, it's like a black and white game, um, like a small 3D, like 3D space and everything. You're basically just going around photographing um, different things in the world and all. And like characters will give you tests like, hey, can you go do this for me? Can you go do that for me? Uh, I love the art style. It looks just like a nice, calm, chill time. It looks cool. It looks nice. So... Definitely go give that a look if that sounds interesting to you in any way, shape, or form. Um, then we got Boyfriend Dungeon, which I think I first heard about it years ago, um, but it got announced and shadow dropped as well, same day as a showcase for the Switch. And this is a game I ordinarily would not play or get the time of day, but I don't know what it was about the showcase when I watched it. I was like, yo, I actually kind of want to play this, and I think I might. <laughs> For those who don't know, Boyfriend Dungeon is a dungeon crawler dating sim where you you have your character, you're in this town, you know, you do your dungeon crawling and everything, but the weapons you collect in the dungeons aren't just weapons. They are actually people. They are super hot and attractive people or a cat that you can date and be in a relationship with. And I am all for it. It's so weird and quirky. But it looks fun. It looks fun and it <laughs> looks cool. So I actually think I want to give that game a shot and give it a go. Um, I haven't downloaded it yet, but I, I'm probably pretty sure I'm going to do that. Pretty sure I will. Yeah, I, I saw it go uh, dropped on Xbox earlier this week. I, I'm, oh, in nice. two mind, I'm in two minds whether I want to pick it up or not. Maybe next week at the both of us, I'll be talking about Boyfriend Dungeon. Who knows? Maybe. <laughs> Best game ever. Uh, 10 out of 10. <laughs> game, of the, game of the millennium. Possibly. <laughs> Who knows? Um, and the final one I have here is Lumbear Jack. Uh, announced for the Switch. It's coming next year. Basically, you play as a bear with an axe. You are trying to save your, your forest from this company that's coming around, basically, you know, destroying the forest and everything. Honestly, I like the art style. It looks, it's goofy, like the game and everything. Like you're literally a bear with your axe walking around just, no, no. But it looks fun. It looks fun. I like the look of it, the style and everything. I, it's got my eyes. It got my eyes. And I, I think I'm going to play that when it comes out next year. It looks like it'll be a fun time. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm watching the trailer for it this time. I'm, I might pick up this game that looks quite fun. 
Hey, look at that. Don't sleep on indies, guys. Don't sleep on them. Um, but these are just some of the highlights from Nintendo's Indie World Showcase. These are not all the games that they show there, but these are just, these are about like half of them, I think. Everything, every game that they show there um, definitely looked cool. So by all means, go watch the Indie Showcase. Go read up on the games that were there. Give them all a look and a watch, interest, all that jazz. They're all really cool games there. Uh, now we're going to move over to the idea Xbox Showcase. And again, go over some of the highlights that are over there. Now, Karen, you mentioned that you don't like Stardew Valley, but guess what? Stardew Valley doesn't care because Stardew Valley is coming to Game Pass this fall. So whether you like it or not, many other people can play it now on Game Pass, you know, if they're subscribed. Yeah, I mean, the the more people that can play games, the better, but I will not be playing it. <laughs> Stardew Valley is going to install itself on your on your system just like automatically <laughs> the day it comes out. And I'm like, you <laughs> yeah. will play me. It'll, it'll be like that U2 album that Apple put on everyone's phones. Oh my God, I forgot about that. <laughs> I forgot that happened, man. That's exactly what's going to happen with Stardew Valley. At least specifically for you though, no one else. Yeah, just yeah, for yeah, you. no one else, just me. <laughs> um, next up, Evil Genius 2, World Domination. That is coming to consoles this fall and Game Pass on day one. Uh, it's basically, I look at, I just watched the trailer for this and I saw this, I was like, this is basically like Despicable Me the simulation game, except <laughs> it looks good. Not to say the Spickle Me is bad. I like the first Spickle Me. I saw the second one. I don't really remember too much about it, but I think I liked it. But Evil Genius 2, World Domination. Looks like it could be a fun time. You know, you got like four different campaigns that you play as like four different evil geniuses. You, you know, you hire your minions and your special, your, your, like your special workers and everything. And all. It, it looks like it could be cool. It looks like it could be cool. So if you're into simulation games and you want to play as a villain, who dominates the world give evil genius to a look and it's also in game pass day one so like if you're a game pass subscriber you got no reason to give it a try yeah no i'm, I'm not got no reason to not give it a try let me yeah. rephrase that <laughs> um yeah I'm, I'm probably gonna i'm probably gonna try this out it looks really fun nice um sam and max save the world remastered that's now available on xbox i don't i'm not sure about game pass but it's now available on xbox don't think it's um, on game pass Right. The Artful Escape, that got a new gameplay trailer. Uh, this one, it kind of talked more about the cast for the game. Well, not more about the cast, but gave us like more of the like, background on the story. It showed like a whole lot more gameplay and everything like that. I am all in on this game. When I get an Xbox, I am playing this game. Oh, my nose. For sure. This game looks so <laughs> cool. I'm loving the style. I'm loving the music. The story is seeming, seeming like really cool. I'm all in on it. I've been all in on it from day one when it was first announced, but I watched this today and I was like, oh man, this game. I hope this game is good. It needs to be good. It looks so good. <laughs> yeah, um, everything I've seen of this game so far, I'm like, if if I could like look at my kind of game, this would be the opposite of that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. I, I always have wondered though. I'm just like, man, I wonder like, what it would be like playing that game while I was like on an acid trip because it looks like an acid trip yeah. in game form, and I just can't imagine if you just like double down and actually go on one while playing it. Just <laughs> oh my gosh, that'd be bad. I imagine. Um, then we got a new trailer for Ali Ali World showing off some gameplay and character customization. I've never played any Ali Ali game, nope. but ever since this one was announced, I'm like, this seems cool, this seems fun. And this one, this trailer that they showed here for this, um, for Ali Ali World got me more into it i'm like huh 
this looks fun. And I actually think I'll play this when it comes out. And it's not an Xbox exclusive if I'm right. I'm pretty sure it's coming to other platforms too. Um, I think it is, hope it is. So I do want to play this one. It looks neat. Um, moving on now, Origami 2 got confirmed to become the Game Pass day one on September 17th. That is like the stealth ninja shadow game that they showed off uh, during E3 times. No, 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 it was Guerrilla Collective. Guerrilla Collective is where we saw that one. So yeah, that's coming to Game Pass September 17th. That's very cool. Um, Aeon Drive or Eon Drive. I'm not sure how it's pronounced, but I'm going to say Aeon Drive. Um, that game has a demo available on Xbox now. That is a it's, it, it's like a cyberpunk game, 2D pixel art cyberpunk game set in Neo Barcelona. And based on the gameplay that I saw, it is like very fast paced, very action heavy. But man, it looks really cool and really fun. I would definitely play it if I had an Xbox. I don't, so I cannot play the demo. But if you have an Xbox and it interests you in any way, shape, or form, by all means, go give it a look, give it a try. Aeon Drive, Aeon spelled A-E-O-N, Drive, obviously spelled like Drive. Then two more here, two more highlights I got. RPG Time, The Legend of Right, that's coming out this winter. Um, this, is, this game got announced like a few years ago. Uh, and it's basically like it's a you, you play as this kid who well the story is about this kid who wants to be like a game developer uh, and you're basically playing like in, an RPG in their notebook like they everything in the game is mm -hmm. like meant to be like hand drawn and handmade it has like that type of art style and aesthetic so like the RPG you're doing like it's in the notebook and everything in the notebook is like looks like you know someone sketched it out and drew it and everything like that I love the style of it uh, it looks really cool. Um, so by all means, give this game a look. Give it, watch the trailer for it or something. It looks really cool. And then the last one I have here for the Xbox uh, showcase, it's The Big Con. That one comes out the end of this month, August 31st, for consoles and PC. And we got a quick look at the game. Like some, like saw some gameplay snippets and all, but this look during the ID at Xbox showcase is more about the casting announcements. Um, and that includes... Erica Ishii, I believe is her name, uh, yep. who she's in Destiny 2 and Apex Legends. Don't know who she voices in either of them, but I uh, know she's in them. And uh, Dave, from, ooh, you, got the, right. you got the scoops on Erica? Uh, Ava Bray is who she voices in Destiny. Uh, it's her name Ava Bray, right? Hang on. Okay. Bear that with. sounds That sounds about right. So I was sitting here, I was like, I feel, I was thinking that, but I wasn't too sure because I haven't played Destiny 2 since Forsaken. Uh, Anna Bray, sorry, not Ava. There Bray. you go. Um, yeah, uh, she was also in Critical Role, uh, a um, like one shot that they did. I I wouldn't know about Critical Role, of course you know <laughs> it. So there you go. There's some reference points for you for Erica Ishii. Yeah. Um, Dave Fenoy is also part of the cast as well. You might know him as Lee Everett from Telltale's The Walking Dead. Uh, they also have, he was also in Batman. I believe he was in Telltale's Batman as Lucius Fox. Uh, if not that one, he might've been Lucius Fox in like the Batman Arkham series. Uh, mm. But Dave Fenoy has been in a bunch of games aside from just those. So you probably heard his voice in many different places. So yeah, big con, that looks cool. And um, the premise for that one, basically you're playing as like this teenage con artist, uh, essentially. It, I like yeah, it. So it's, a teenager. Like the, huh? <laughs> no, I was joking saying, so just a teenager. <laughs> that's funny um but yeah it has like a cool like 80s 90s style and aesthetic to it 
uh, it looks cool. It looks fun. So definitely keep your eye out on that one. And those are the indie highlights from the Xbox showcase and the Nintendo showcase this week. Um, definitely a lot of cool games. And again, like I said, these are just the highlights. There's not everything that was shown at each of these showcases. So again, by all means, go watch the showcases or read up on them for all the games that were shown at each one. There's a lot of cool stuff there. Give the indies some love and attention. So now we're going to move into uh, not what we've been playing. Before we get to that, we're going to do, we're going to have a real quick talk about what some of our favorite games have been so far this year. Um, like we're, we're in August, we're past the halfway point of the year. Yeah. Um, and we actually have an opportunity where there hasn't been so much news this week where we can spend just a, ta- a little bit of time just talking about just a little bit something else. Uh, so I'll talk about some of what of our, some of our favorite games so far this year, and we'll start the conversation with the games that actually came out this year, and then we'll transition and we'll after that we'll you know mention any that we just might have played this year in general, whether it came out this year or not. Um, so Karen, you said you wanted to go first on this. Yeah. So uh, I I have uh, I have three that I can think of. Um... So you said we're going to start with the games that came out this year? Yes. Okay. Um, so the first one on my list, I haven't finished it yet. I bought it this week. I have played maybe like four hours of it, but I can, like, I am so in love with this game. I'm pretty sure I know which one it is. Yeah, because it's on, it's on my list of uh, like <laughs> yeah. what I've been playing this week. Um, I bought Death's Door uh, finally, nice. like a couple of weeks after it came out. Um, I am so in love with this game already. It's it, it's 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 got a really good art style. The soundtrack's really good. It's a roguelite, which is like roguelikes are like roguelites and whatever you want to call them is are like slowly becoming one of my favorite game genres. Like love Diablo, love Hades. Now I love Death Door. This game is really really good. I wouldn't it's, say Diablo's a roguelike. I would have assumed Diab- Diablo. I'm pretty sure Diablo is more so just like a dungeon crawler, a loot filled dungeon crawler. I don't think anyone's ever considered Diablo a roguelike. I would have said Diablo's a roguelike. I don't think anyone's ever considered it a roguelike. I just want to see if anyone has, because now you've got me doubting myself. That that's a, that's, I mean, if you want, if it is, I, and uh, then I'm wrong. I'm wrong. You know, I don't. But sure, I don't think uh, I've ever heard anyone consider Diablo to be a roguelike. Under under genres, it has roguelike. Okay, I guess I'm wrong. Yeah, I guess I was I'm like wrong. I was like I'm not sure and sure people have said it's more of it before. Yeah, I've never seen it. <laughs> but yeah, my apologies. Um, Continue. No, you're good. Um, yeah, Death Door. Like I said, I've only played maybe like four or five hours. I'm a way to go into the first boss area. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I don't want to like get too much into it because it's not been out for that long. But it's it's got a similar setup to um, the other game, which I guess I'll just go into talking about now. Um, Resident Evil Village, which uh, you've got like the three kind of bosses throughout different yeah. areas. Um, yeah, Death Door, really good. Highly recommend it. I'll, I might touch on a little bit later on as well. But uh, second game that came out this year that is on my list is Resident Evil Village. Um, okay. A game I genuinely did not think I would like as much as I did. I don't like horror games. I don't like survival games. It's like the ones where you have to like really carefully watch like how much ammo you have how many healing things you have like the only game that i've like thoroughly enjoyed before village 
and I suppose Resident Evil 2 before it was uh, Metro, which yeah. is uh, kind of like a similar similar game. Um, somewhat. Yeah, somewhat. Like in, in the sense like you've got to like watch your ammo, watch your right like, health packs and stuff. Um but no village village is, is definitely probably one of my favorite games. I, I don't want to say favorite games ever, but it, it's definitely like up there with some with some of my favorite games as I knock <laughs> my mic. Um no, like again, the the just the art style of Village alone like sells me. Just like the that mm-hmm. first scene where you walk like out and you see like the castle and the village below with like the music that kicks it. It's really really good. But no nice. story, story, gameplay, everything about that game is is really really good. Um, nice. Still haven't still need to go back and play Biohazard, but um, I still gotta finish it. <laughs> I um, honestly, I might finish it this coming week. I'm trying. I'm planning out the games I'm gonna play like the next two weeks. I think I might finish it in like the next week or two. Yeah, yeah the the only thing that's like stopping me from going and playing Biohazard is like I know that game is scarier than Village. Not that mm. like Village was terrifying. Like I don't think there was. There, I think I've said this before. There was only really one point in Village where I would like pause my game. I'm like, nope, not doing it. That can mm. that can get out. But <laughs> um, yeah, um, Village is Village is definitely up there with definitely like my favorite horror game for sure that I've played because I've, I haven't played a whole lot of them. But yeah. no, that's that's definitely up there. Um, and then do you want me to just go into the? Um, yeah, you could do do all yours right now. Sure. Um, and then this next one is probably in my top five games I've ever played. Uh, wow. And it's one you're playing just now, uh, which is Control. Oh, <laughs> I'm sitting here. I'm like, wait, what? It is? What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, yeah, Control. Like, that game is so weird, but really, like, it's weird in a really interesting way, and the, like the weird uh-huh. very much plays into this game's favor. Like it's yeah. it's it's done in a way where, like, there wasn't a point where like I felt bored or that I wanted to put the controller down, just because I'm like I want to know what's going on with this. Like I, yeah. I want to know how this situation came to be and how and like what Jesse's story is, but uh-huh. it's. I, I will say that that game's combat is probably my in, in my opinion the game's strongest point 100 percent 100 I mean it it's on my what I've been playing this week so I'll talk about it more there because I did finish it this week um so but I would I'll talk about it more then but I 100 percent agree with you on that the combat is the best thing about the game yeah um like especially when you get the levitate ability it's my my favorite ability in the game um, yeah. I, I well that, that, maybe that's my second favorite. <laughs> the lot the the launch is still just yeah. Um, but like I, I just I think that the levitate adds like an entirely new way to play the game because like you know you can be on the ground running around but like if you want to get up high and get like look at enemies behind cover or like you can dodge while you're in the like I just I, I think that adds so much more versatility and and replayability to the game. That like yeah. you can that you can go into two entirely you can go into two of the exact same fight before you have levitate and after you have levitate and then they play out entirely differently. It's uh-huh. like like I say, control is is absolutely in like my top five games I've ever played. It's it's really good. I still I still haven't finished the DLC for it, which I like. I every time I look at it in my um 
Sorry, what were you gonna say? I was gonna ask. I finished. I did everything. I did all the DLC before I finished. No, I did the AWE. Finished the game, then did the foundation because foundation say you can only do foundation after you finish the story. Yeah. AWE you can do starting chapter seven. Yeah. So I did AWE then. Did you do AWE or no? I I haven't done any of the DLC yet. Well, well, I've uh, done a little bit. Of the, I think I've done a little bit of AWE. I haven't I haven't finished either of them. All right, that that gives me context for what how I how specific I can be with certain things when I'm talking about the <laughs> DLC. Um so yeah, like every time I see it in my like Xbox library, I'm like I need to finish it. Like should I just finish you now? No, I'll 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 give it another I'll I'll wait a little mm. bit before I finish that. But but no, like yeah, control definitely in my uh, in my top 5 games I've ever played. Nice. I will say the two DLCs combined will probably get you a good 6 hours. Yeah. So if you in terms of like if you're trying to like gauge all right, like when should I do it? Like how much time will I have? I think each one is about three hours or so, just about. So that should help maybe help you. I don't know. <laughs> just give you a frame of reference of sorts. Yeah. But those are some of your favorite games. That's it for this year. For your some of your favorite games. Yeah, I mean, the the only other one I can think of is a game I finished this year, which is Valhalla. Um which is easily my favorite Assassin's Creed. But mm-hmm. I yeah. That's that. I think that's all I really want to say about that game. But yeah, <laughs> very, very good game. I would recommend playing. Cool, cool. All right. So, um, I have, I had five. You, you kind of starting to sway me on adding control to my list. I'm not a lie. I, it was so not on my list though. at first. It was not on my list. What you said might sway it on there. I'll get back. To, once I get through everything else, <laughs> I'll come. I'll come back to that thought. So in terms of games that came out this year, um, new games that came out this year, um, for me, going back to the beginning, Persona Five Strikers. Again, this is not like ranked or anything. I'm just listing stuff off. Persona Five Strikers. I mean, if you all listen to us, we were games and gaming before we did play to win and all like that. I was constantly talking about how much I love Persona Five Royal mm-hmm. and how that game was amazing. And I think I've talked about it now, about how Persona 5 Royal is one of my favorite games ever. It is my second favorite game of all time. Sometimes it fights for number one with God of War 2018. (laughs) That game is immaculate. It is incredible. It means so much to me. And it has such a huge impact on me. Um, Like, it it just means the world to me. So going into Persona 5 Strikers, I was like, yo, like, I just want more Persona 5, man. I just want to spend more time with my friends. I want to just have so much fun with the combat. And like I did, like I said in my review, the story has some bumps along the way. Like the story doesn't isn't like as good as Persona Five Royals, but that was gonna be a tall task to surpass anyway. But like the story itself itself was still like really enjoyable for just like oh just for like the character moments alone, it's just like so good and so much fun, and it all wraps up so beautifully in a way where like the final boss. After playing Persona 5 Royal, the final boss kind of sort of feels like a repeat of what happened in Persona 5 Royal's ending. But even still, like it's still different enough in a way where it's like, you know what? This is, if this is the last time that we play with the Phantom Thieves and have a game surrounding them, this is the perfect send off for them. Like it, it's just the perfect way to say goodbye to these characters. It's so much fun. It's such a great story. And like the combat was great as well. 
the the action Musou style blended perfectly with the um with the turn based combat nature that Persona Five Royal had. It's just so good. It was so much fun, and of course the music bangs. Music bangs. <laughs> I listen to that music every day. I was like, I listen. I have six songs. Wait, one, two, three, four, five. I think I have five. I have five songs from that from that game on my phone. I listen to those five songs every morning before I go to work. Um, they're just so great. Such a great game. Loved it. Um, next up, it is Returnal. Returnal was such a good game. And now again, this is a, I don't play roguelikes. I normally would not because I, I understand the appeal, but normally that just doesn't appeal to me. Just like the dying, you like the, the high difficulty, the die and restart all over again with like nothing type of gameplay doesn't really appeal to me. But I was like, you know what? Like I said before going before the game came out, and I think even when the game came out, I was like, you know what? I kind of want to play each or at least try to play each of the PlayStation exclusives for this generation to have an idea of what they're all like and everything. And then as we got closer to release, more and more, like I looked more into Returnal, and I was like, it seems interesting. It seems like it could be fun. And I played it, and I'm so happy I did because that is such an amazing game. Yes, it's $70. Yes, it's a roguelike. But I promise you, it is worth every dollar. It's worth every penny. It's such a great game. The story, it's mysterious. It's weird. It's like constantly you're constantly wondering what's going on. Like what's happening here? Why is this happening? Why are we stuck in a time loop? Why is Celine's home on earth here on this alien planet? Like what's going on? And like the world has like different, like you're learning about what happened on the planet of Atropos and why things are the way they are there. And then learning how you're, how you play into the things that are happening on Atropos as well. It's just such an intriguing and immersive story. It, I just, found myself so absorbed in it and like the gameplay was it's fast paced it's fun it's addicting it's action-packed it's electric uh you know just the you get into you get into a room and like you see all right the enemies come on in and you just start pow, 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 and you just like dash over you like run jump trying to avoid everyone mm-hmm. while you're trying to try to avoid death while still taking out the enemies as well mm-hmm. it was just so cool and then you have all the different weapons too and how they each play and feel and stuff it was just so much fun. That's such a good game. Um, and I haven't gone back to get to get the actual true ending since I played it, but I do want to go back and try it because I've been thinking about replaying it since then. But um, man, Returnal, that game, that is my biggest surprise of, the, of this year so far. I did not think I was going to... I wasn't sure if I was going to like that game, but that game blew me away. It is 100% deserving of the score I gave it and all the praise that it has gotten since release. Um, so next up, um, Knockout City. Knockout mm. City is such a fun game, man. I haven't played too much for this new season just because um, I'm trying to take advantage of this, like, this window of time that we're in right now and just blow through a bunch of games that I have yeah. in my backlog. So... I'm, I I do want to go back to Knockout City and do some of the new season, but man, that game again, talk about a turnaround from a game's first reveal where I'm just like, this, this looks generic and it's like kind of lame, and then playing the beta, I'm just like, yo! <laughs> I just spent an entire weekend playing this one, playing this game, and I, did, I don't thought I was going to play for one hour. Talk about a turnaround. That game was a lot of fun. People are sweaty 
as ever <laughs> on that game now. Dear Lord, I jump in that game now. It's like I'm playing with two left thumbs. Regardless, I still have a lot of fun playing that game. That game is such a joy. It's such a blast to play. Um, I, I cannot recommend it enough, guys. Everyone should go play Knockout City. It's so good. Such a good game. It's a lot of fun. And like, even now when I do play it, like times I jump in, I'll be like, all right, I was playing for like 30 minutes, proceeds to play for like two and a half hours, <laughs> three hours. It just has that effect on you because it's yeah. just so fun and so addicting. Um, so yeah, there's that. And then next up, I'll say Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart, which I got the platinum on this week. I didn't put on my one I've been playing because nice. I, just, I just knocked out. I actually wasn't even trying to get the platinum. Just playing the game naturally, I got all the trophies yeah. except for two. So then when I went, I was like, oh, shoot, you know what? I'm just get the platinum. And that's how I finished off my new game plus for it. So I got the platinum. And again, like I said in my review, this Ratchet and Clank is the PS5 game to play. If you have a PS5 or if you're going to get a PS5, it is the game you need to play. You have to get this game and play. It's the definitive hardware showcase from like in terms of like just tech wise, the um, whatchamacallit. The, the SSD and like the, the rifts and yeah. the portals and everything. So it's so cool. Just like how the rifts and portals are implemented and just seeing, just seeing like the, the speed at which things load in. Like, again, I'll never forget when you get to the planet Blizzard prime and you get there and it's just totally destroyed and stuff. But then you see a Blizzard statue of Blizzard rock, right? A stone. So you hit it. And then the entire planet, like dimensions change and you're just in a completely rebuilt version of it in a split second, just like that. It just loaded right in front of you that fast. And it's just like, wow, wow. Okay. Like that, that was just one of the moments where it's just like, this is cool. And like, for some, you might be like, yeah, it draws comparisons in a sense to cause and effect or effect and cause from Titanfall 2, the time travel level. Mm. It draws comparisons to that. But I think this is different in a way because it's like it's just the, the level of detail in everything that's being loaded in. Uh, it's just, of course, just leagues ahead of Titanfall 2s. Uh, I think there's, I've, I saw a video talking about how Titanfall 2 did theirs. I forgot what exactly the trick was that they did. But man, Ratchet and Clank, like from that tech level alone, like that blew me away gameplay wise blew me away it's just it's classic ratchet and clank gameplay but fine-tuned and fine-tuned and brought up for the modern day so like it's still it's just a blast it's so much fun it keeps the same ratchet and clank joy and action and platforming and all just in the modern day and it's so much fun dual sense helps that out you know you got the um i'm gonna obviously i'm not playing right now but when you are, when you're shooting like one of the guns or some of the guns, when you push down the trigger, right? The right trigger, and it'll be like, just like literally bouncing up and down in your fingers while you're doing it. I can't show you now because not only is my PS5 not on, but I also deleted the game after I finished, after I got the platinum. So I wouldn't be able to show you, but it's so cool that it's a lot of fun. So definitely that's up there for sure. And then, um, what the heck? Remake seven remake integrate, um, Yuffie's episode. Mm. That was a lot of fun. I I highly 
I enjoyed that way more than I thought I would. And I'm very excited for what's coming next from that. And I'm not going to put control on here. Sorry. Sorry to disappoint you. But why? It's it's an amazing game, though. I it's it's a great game. I'm not saying it's not. It's an amazing game. It's just not one of my favorite games of the year. I thought it was great. Sure. I thought it was great. Everything else I would say is better. In my that's opinion. Fair. Or at least I enjoyed more. So that's been it. So yeah, those have been our favorite games so far this year. Um, and of course, once we get to the end, actual end of the year, we'll do, you know, our whether it be a top 10, uh, top five, we'll, we'll figure something out. We'll do our actual yeah. like game of the year thing when we get to the end of the yeah. year. But it's a nice little kind of little bit over the halfway point. Just look back on yeah. where things have been so far. Game game of the half year. <laughs> I, I uh, That'd be tough for me to do right now. I don't yeah. know. All right. But now we'll actually real quickly, you know, talk about what we've been playing. Um, Karen, you want to uh, just continue on sure. with your death's door? Yeah, um, I mean, I mean, like I was saying before, beautiful art style, very good soundtrack. It's like the combat is really, really, really fun. I've gotten three of the five weapons so far, six weapons, okay, and one of the spells. But like that, I really, really like that. This it's a roguelike, so like when you die, you get sent back to like you have to basically restart the entire area again. All the enemies respawn. Blah blah blah. Um, yeah, but I also like how there is it's like equal parts roguelike to I would argue like a puzzle game kind of okay. Um, so like just for instance, there's one where I don't know if puzzle is the right way to describe it though. It, it's basically the 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 part I'm thinking of is like there's a part where you're going down like you're on like an escalator conveyor belt kind of thing and you have to shoot your fire spell into a furnace but you have to like time it right as you're going along so that you can like there's a thing blocking your path um which will like go back and there's the there's there's a decent amount of like I, I would say puzzles in this game um yeah that I like although the probably the most notable thing I can say about this game is this game is challenging this game, like, <laughs> it it doesn't hold your hand. There's no, like, you know, grace period of, like, oh, well, you know, we'll make the enemies, you know, maybe slightly easier in this area so that they're hard, so they, they're, you know, more easy. No, this game just, like, throws you right in. Like, the the first boss that I fought, um, well, maybe the second boss, I guess you could say, but the, um, I, I think he's called the Keeper of the Door. Um, uh-huh. Genuinely took me, like, probably seven or eight tries to beat because yeah like it's i think it's challenging to begin with but then it's like when you learn their move set then it's it's still challenging to a degree it's just it's a lot easier than when you first encounter them but yeah like um, in a souls game kind of sort of it's like the challenge at first is learning what their moves are then it's like all right i know what the moves are now it's how do i adapt to them now i now i know how to adapt to them now i've got to execute yeah basically um yeah the i think the only thing i don't like about this game so far is like the um the the dodge mechanic for me this this might just be a me thing not timing it right but the Hmm. dodge mechanic for me is a little bit off not not to the point where it's like unplayable or unusable but just like yeah you know i'll I'll dodge and and then like an attack will still help me and i'm like "Eh, i'm pretty sure i dodge out the way of that but yeah 
Um, Death's Door, really good. Would highly recommend picking it up if you have an Xbox. Um, it's yeah. it's sixteen pound. Yeah, I definitely want to get it. You know, I I've been interested in it since it was first announced. So it's one of those games where like, if I get it, when I get an Xbox, definitely gonna get it. Side note: Walmart did a restock the other day on Xbox Series Xs, and I was gonna try and get one. Walmart, you suck. I'm gonna look <laughs> you in the camera right now. Walmart, you suck. I'm sorry, because they had this thing where I understand. I I applaud their attempt. I'm assuming it's what it was for. Their attempt to like try and stop bots. Like you go to the page. And you click on it and you go to do add to cart, but then it comes up with this thing on the screen says to press and hold, right? And then mm. like it fills the screen, it fills the bar up, and then it's supposed to be like, all right, you're good to go. I kept doing it and it kept saying error. Please try again. Please try again. <laughs> I tried doing that like 10 times. I said, I'm not even bothering. It is not worth it. It is yeah. not worth my time and energy. And I was not the only one on Twitter. Everyone was saying, what the heck? What yeah. the heck? So Walmart, you suck. I understand your attempts and I applaud your attempts to try and stop bots, but actually let humans get through past your bot blocking <laughs> yeah. attempt. Please and thank you. Continue now. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, also side note, I, I agree. I, I like that they're trying to do something to stop bots, but that seems a little bit weird. Um, yeah, that's that's really all I have to say about Death Door. Um, my my week has been entirely spent playing roguelikes because I've also I've only I've Hades, Hades, I've been playing Hades. Um, yeah, <laughs> my brain was just like, just say the name of the game. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, Hades came out yesterday on Game Pass for Xbox. Um, mm-hmm. So I've been playing that basically yesterday and a little bit today before I did something else. Um, I can't say what that is, yeah. but I'm very jealous of you. I wish yeah. I could have. I, um, I probably could have if I like knew about it beforehand, but I can't. I, I didn't know. So. You might still be sign up for I don't know. It might be worth looking into. But um, <laughs> so yeah, can't talk about that, but I can talk about Hades. Um, <laughs> I will say I the controls used to like took me a little bit of time to get used to because I'm used to like button mashing on PC and it's a different thing getting like button mashing on console. Um because huh. like the the buttons were weren't exactly where I thought they would have been. Like for attacks and, and dodge and everything that's fine. But for like talking to people accepting things going in the next chamber it's rb which i thought was okay. like a tiny bit weird but it didn't yeah, take me that long to, yeah didn't take me that long to get used to but i mean it's it's hades it's 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 as fun as it is on pc uh I, nice okay so i've i've never beaten hades yet but wow yeah no yeah i'm, I'm not good at video games been over this but genuinely my third run into Hades on Xbox, I got to Hades. Oh wow! So, yeah, did you beat I, him though? No, didn't beat him. <laughs> I like I got to him for the first time like three runs into my, uh, well actually two because the first one's like a tutorial kind of run. But yeah, um, yeah, I, I was like, how did I end up here? Wow, good for you. Clap it up. Yeah, clap, um, clap, 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 clap. Oh, thanks. But yeah, no, like um. For anyone who has Game Pass, I'm gonna say it for everyone who I'm gonna say it for everyone who has Game Pass. I don't know why I said that twice. But yeah, I thought you were uh, gonna go somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, for everyone who has Game Pass, you have to play Hades. It's so fun. It's such <laughs> like this this game is easily like last year when it came out early access, this game is hundred percent my game of the year. Like it's mm-hmm. super giant absolutely nailed it like 
blew out of the park with with this game. It's I'm going to be playing this for quite some time on Xbox. Yeah, I'm trying to decide if I want to get it on PS5 or Switch, which is what I've been dealing with ever since I knew it was coming to, con- to um, other consoles. <laughs> I was like, yeah. do I play it on Switch? Do I do it on PS5? Where do I want to do it? I have yet to decide. Uh, maybe I'll do it on PS5 first, and if I like it a lot, I'll get it on Switch as well. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see. You, you that's cool. Pick up, uh, you need to pick up the game as soon as possible. I, I'm, debating. I'm, I'm debating. Right now, there, right now, there are two other games I'm thinking of playing. Um, getting soon one of them which is definitely critically less acclaimed than hades um the well <laughs> both are but one of them is far less critically acclaimed than hades those being avengers and scarlet nexus i don't uh, know why i've just kind of been in the mood to play avengers not sure why mm-hmm. i could get it for 25 dollars at gamestop i looked online yeah um didn't buy it scarlet nexus i could actually get for 45 dollars gamestop as well for ps5 interesting mm. um so yeah I might get both of those or one of them. I'm trying to decide. I have yet to decide yet, though. Why why, but, why buy two games when you could buy three and get Hades as well? <laughs> yeah, why spend less money when you could spend <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. more? <laughs> uh, you know, why manage your money, Tyler? Just buy everything. <laughs> you don't need food. You need Hades. <laughs> exactly. Uh <laughs> Now, what I need is to get through these three games that I've been <laughs> playing this week. Uh, so, like I mentioned already, one of them is Control Ultimate Edition, which I did finish. I finished the main story. I finished all the DLC. I enjoyed that game. It's a great game. Um, like we both said already, this, the gameplay is by far the best thing about this mm-hmm. game, the combat specifically. Uh, never, ever, ever did I get tired of just... And just watching yep. stuff at people just and whenever people had the shields i will launch something at them once and then grab it again just toss it to them again just like yeah i had i powered my launch up so much that it was like really strong so i could just like one shot pretty like people that were my level i could one shot stronger enemies or people with shields i had to like two shot them so i'm yeah. like launch bam grab the same thing again just toss it right back at you and then like i had it so like i was you know pick up the people or the big people as well so i'm like all right yeah the exploding hiss that would fly to you, I would shoot them and then get them weak enough where I could grab them, toss, and then toss them at a person and blow them up and everything. Oh, they said, oh, okay. I thought plans were delayed, but like they never said anything. So, oh, wait, no, they're leaving. So, ah, all right, I got a, I got a bit. We're almost on the show anyway, so we're good. Yeah. Um, I'll get there before they get there. I should at the very least. Um, so yeah, Control was really good, really fun game. Uh, I will say the story felt a bit rushed at the end. Um, yeah. After after you meet your brother, once mm-hmm. you meet your brother, from then on, I feel like things kind of rushed to get to the conclusion. Yeah, and like that final chapter, I was like, hmm, like it seemed like we were trying like, all right, um, this is the ending. Uh, let's just wrap this up real quick. Because <laughs> I was yeah. like, oh, okay. It's kind of a abrupt way to end things and all. Uh, it feels like there should have been like another hour or so to like kind of yeah, like pace that a bit better. But regardless, I still enjoy the story. Um, the Foundation DLC takes place after the main story is done, like I said. Um, that's actually surprisingly difficult. Um, more difficult than the AWE. Both of them are the same level, like enemy-wise, they're both the same. But Foundations DLC was a bit harder for me, mainly because there's a t- there's a type of enemy hiss 
that they're grounded people, they're melee based, but they teleport to you. Like they yeah. run up on you real fast and they teleport up to you. And like, you'll be like, all right, let me just launch in the air. Nah, they will throw their stuff at you while you're in the air and they're strong. So that was pretty tough. Um, but that was cool. The AWE DLC, that's the one that people were hyped about because of Alan Wake being in it. Um, my friend is texting me. <laughs> and yes, I remember the place I'm leaving in like 10 minutes. Won't take me long to get there. Uh, let me clarify as well. I thought things were things were delayed. But I'll be up soon. Okay. Um, what was I saying? Oh yeah. So AWE, that was the one with like it has Alan Wake in it. People yeah. were like really hyped about it and stuff like that. Um, and it's cool. It definitely it brings in some of the alawake gameplay in terms of like light and the darkness and stuff that because that was like really key and important in alan wake like you needed light to defeat enemies and all so that plays a part of the alan wake dlc and everything uh overall the story for that it's cool it's interesting it teases it definitely teases like maybe more alan wake stuff is to come in the future um i will say you haven't because you haven't gotten into it yet um that DLC, the final boss, is honestly the worst boss in that in the entire game. Mm. Dear God, I hate that boss <laughs> um, because it does. It takes place. It the take the story. Not, so basically, the boss fight plays around with the whole light stuff that's been going on okay. in the game. But like some of the mechanics for the boss. It's tough to talk about without actually spoiling what the boss is yeah. and how it works and all. Just know that boss is very annoying. The best way to deal with that boss that I found was, do you have the surge? Yes. The surge gun? All right. Use that on that. Just use that on the boss. Use that on the boss and um, fly. Stay in the air as much as possible. Because if okay. you were on the ground, that boss, he it has a move where like, it teleports. It teleports around randomly. Mm. And when it teleports, it'll teleport like next to you. And it can do something where it'll grab you and take away a bunch of your health. So if you're in the air, it can't do that to you at all. Yeah. So I literally just, like, it still has other moves it can hit you with while you're in the air that you have to dodge. Even dodging that sometimes is tough to do. But stay in the air. Make sure you bring, um, when you get like right before the boss fight, both DLCs actually have this. Like, you can call in a ranger to come help you out. Like right before the boss fight, you go up to this thing. It's like, hey, send a ranger, and like just the NPC that comes to help you with the fight. Yeah. Do that for this fight. Do mm -hmm. that so you have like an extra body there to like draw attention for you or whatever. Yeah. Stay in the air, dodge moves, shoot the surge on it. Just shoot the surge, reload, and chuck launch stuff at it. And then once it gets to the phase where it starts like making the area dark constantly just keep surging keep shooting the surge on him and toss the launch stuff at him specifically when it's about to make the area dark because it does the second phase of the boss fight comes when it has one hp left you get it to one hp oh. then it gets to the second phase where it makes the area dark and it gets 
all shield. So what you have to now do is whittle it shield down <laughs> to take away that one HP. And that's where the fight gets incredibly annoying. The fight is like a, a bit annoying before that, but it's like, mm -hmm. it's difficult, but not that bad. That phase of the fight gets incredibly annoying and difficult because you're not just dealing with him. You're also dealing with other enemies as well. Yeah. It, it's just annoying. It's so annoying. Like who thought let's get to one HP and then make you do the entire fight again, <laughs> yeah. basically. It, it's annoying. Granted, I was, I was like, I did it before I beat the game. So like, of course I was under leveled at that point too. Yeah. But like, I had gone through everything else prior to that just fine. That fight was a pain. It's annoying. And I looked on Reddit and like people, everyone on Reddit was saying that fight was annoying too. So keep that in mind. Very, it's a terrible boss fight. I, I want to tack on two really quick points because I know you're in a rush. Go ahead. Keep um, going. So one, I really, I still, I, I really love the, like the big bold letters when you go into an area. Don't know why. I just, I find that incredibly satisfying. Um, and two, I, I think you don't like this or you said it was a little bit annoying, but I, I actually really like the collectibles uh, in, in the game. Um, yeah, I said that there's like, there's a lot of collectibles. Yeah. And it's funny, there's a, D, there's a trophy for collecting 120. And I was like, oh my God, like I got it, but I didn't even realize that there were that many. <laughs> yeah. um, it's like, what I said was that it was a bit annoying that there's, not necessarily that there's so many, it's more so that there's so many that kind of seem like it's just there to be there. Yeah, in a sense where like it doesn't really add importance to the world building it's more just like hey let's do our book club hey did you do that it's like yeah. i get it as character and color but like some of a lot of it is just like okay but i mean overall like it's not the worst thing in the world it was just i still no. picked up everything I, I saw and stuff yeah no i am i i actually really like all the collectibles because i I, I think Remedy really, really nailed out the park with the world building for this game. Like the, the oldest house is is a really interesting and unique setting that um for for a game. So I, I, I actually I really enjoyed basically all, all the everything I found during my playthrough of control. Gotcha. Um so the final two games I've been playing this week are a Plague Tale Innocence. Started that up. I'm on chapter four of sixteen. I'm enjoying this story a lot. Um, I'm playing the PS5 version specifically. Yeah. Um, really cool, really interesting story. I'm not getting into specifics because time and also I know that I think you want to play it at some point in time. Probably. But the, basically you and your brother are on the run from this group called the Inquisition. Um, I think it takes place in France back in the day during this plague that's happening. Um, and they're trying to get your brother for reasons that get explained during the story and i won't explain right now you kind of know some of it at the point i'm at but not all the details but your your parents end up dead your parents end up murdered and you are on the run um so you're trying to avoid this inquisition that's chasing you down but you're also trying to like get work around and avoid the rats that are like causing this plague and that's what you've seen a whole lot of in like footage of this game if we ever, if you ever see it, it's like the hordes of rats it's the swarms yeah. of rats that are like it's not just like oh it's just a normal swarm like these this swarm like destroys the destroys the ground destroys walls like to get into places and their nests are utterly disgusting and it's like blood and body filled it's crazy and really disturbing um but when you're around the swarms uh the haptics in the dual sense they're constantly vibrating in a way in a sense where it's like you feel the rats in the controller yeah. i love it i love it it's really cool um but other than that, the gameplay, it's simple. The stealth, 
like the stealth hiding it's not complex it's real simple basic stuff like let's toss this to distract them let's toss that to distract them the puzzles haven't been that complex it's just like let's knock that down simple stuff but overall the gameplay is still cool and the story and characters i'm really into so i'm gonna i don't i don't know if i'll finish it this weekend but i'm definitely gonna play some more of it this weekend and the final game i've been playing is Splitgate. played about four matches last night this is that it recently came to console but it's been on pc for a few years if i'm correct uh first person shooter that's basically halo mixed with portal and yeah. i'm not joking when i say Halo, as in like some of the weapons are straight up basically like Halo weapons <laughs> mixed with the portal in terms of like the portals and everything. It's cool. It's a fun game. Like I said, I only did four matches and all last night, but um, it's neat. The little, the portal gimmick that you could use to like teleport around the maps and all, it's actually really cool. It's really fun. So I definitely want to get my hand, like play some more of it and spend some more time with it and all. Um, I will say, them saying before, like I mentioned, brief mentioned that they want to bring it to Switch and mobile. It looks like a mobile game in terms of the UI. When you get to the main menu, you'll understand what I mean. And like the post-match stuff looks like it would be right, in, right out of a mobile game. So it makes yeah. sense that they want to bring it to mobile. And also graphically, like it's not even that graphically intensive, to be honest. So it could easily be on Switch and mobile. But regardless, it's a fun game. I'm enjoying it. Um, so yeah. That's what I've been playing. Uh, I'll probably finish. I'm going to try to finish a Playtale this coming week and then start something else. What that will be, I do not know. I have yet to decide. Hades. No. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> that will be the end of episode 20 of the Playtale podcast. Thank you all very much for watching. I hope you all enjoyed. Remember to go subscribe to us on YouTube at you know Play to Win over on YouTube. Subscribe, turn on the notification bell, like, comment, and share the videos. And, you know, subscribe on podcast services, leave comments, reviews, share the show anywhere and everywhere. Follow us over on Twitter and Instagram at Play2WinGame. For updates on the show and all that jazz, Kieran, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BadlyNet, B-A-D-L-Y-N-E-T, all one word. Fantastic. And you could follow me over on Twitter at TylerBello2496. Um, you all know the stuff. I already tweeted about a bunch of stuff, gaming related, anime related, movie related, all that jazz. So follow me over there. Thank you all so very much for watching. I hope you all enjoyed the show. We will talk to you all next week. Have a good one. See you later.